With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Everyone is doing well. This is Ted Hicks. I hope you can hear me because I'm using a new microphone. This is Ted Hicks from the LMP show. Once again, connecting with you um, for the new year. I want to say Happy New Year to everyone. We've got a pretty good show tonight. Rosalind Ross coming in first up. We're going to talk a little bit about yoga, meditation. And maybe, you know, uh, sneak in an NBA question. Um, Antoine Staley, we're going to talk um, NFL, the NFL playoffs. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Rooney Rule and all of these openings and, and Fritz Pollard Alliance. And batting cleanup is going to be um, Lee Val. We're going to be talking about baseball, beer, barbecue. Talk a little bit about um, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame snubs. So um, before we get started, we want to thank um, you for once again joining us. My name is The Real Ted Hicks, and you can catch us various ways on the web, through Facebook, through Twitter, all the above. Um, we want to thank all of our radio partners. Um, it's 2015, and we want to thank them for joining us for the new year. Other than that, I, I you know it's 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 freezing up here. It's about I don't know it's twelve degrees outside. I think the high for tomorrow is nineteen degrees, so um, should be good. Should be good. You know it's winter time. Hope everyone enjoyed themselves over the holiday season. Hope you got everything you wanted to get. Hope you know um, you knew about the real meaning of Christmas. You know, I hope you we've all taught our children, you know, and our children are, you know, could be our nieces, our nephews, sons, daughters, someone in the family, cousins, whatever, about the real meaning of, of Christmas. Um, along with that, we had a few losses this week. Um, Stuart Scott, Brian Burwell. Great journalists of, of our time. We lost. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's just so much. But I will tell you this much: I am happy to be back and back on the airwaves. It was a long December, um, and that was mainly between 
my daughter's birthday and Christmas coming around here, and then, you know, hey, it's the new year, so I won't bore you any longer because I think we have Roz in the queue, so I'm going to bring Roz on. Roz, you hear me loud and clear? I do. The new mic is, is doing well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Roz, you want to talk about someone who is nervous here? I just plugged in the mic. I should have texted before. This is my my family's Christmas present to me. Uh, Chad, U37 microphone, and I was just like, okay, okay, I'll get to it. And I was running home tonight on the train, and I said, oh, my goodness, I never tested out the mic. But Roz is so happy and so glad to have you here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to hear you. I'm I'm glad to be here, and this is, that's a sweet gift from your family. So we all yeah. appreciate the benefits of that gift. <laughs> it's a gift to us all. Yes, <laughs> yes we do. Yes, we do. You're far too kind. Um, I, I, I will tell you, Roz, my family has just put up with me with this when I started this down this track about a year, year and a half ago. Not about close to two years ago. I started down this track, and they finally accepted that Wednesday nights, okay, you know what, Dad is on his show, let me go upstairs. <laughs> they finally got it, right? <laughs> it, it only took two years. So, so my, son, my son was just playing the Xbox. He gave me a dirty look when I said, you, you know what time it is, son. And he just looked at me and was like, cut off his Xbox and just walked away. I said, oh, my. You know, but <laughs> Rise, enough about being enough about me, more about you. Glad to have you on. So happy. I know we were talking last month about it. How was the holiday season for you? Oh, it was nice. I mean, it was, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess for all of us, it's a time to regroup and, and set new goals, you know, just in our minds, or maybe some of us do it on paper, but we recap the year and, figure out where, you know, where our scorecard is and what we want to look to the next year for and what we want to improve on, what stuff we want to leave behind. Um, you know, we do that in a lot of areas in our of our lives, whether it's professionally or physically or, um, you know, you name it. So, you know, I'm I'm no different from anyone who's, who's done that at the end of the year. So it's kind of like a regrouping time, um, and and now I'm ready to roll. I'm glad to be here. First show of the year for you, and here I am, first guest. I love it. I, first show, 2015. Like I said, um, we, we've added some new radio partners, and we're really happy. And But before I even get started with you, I want to thank Happy Hour Network, uh, our good friend Lee Val, who will be on to close out the show, um, who I do yeah. a, a, baseball, a baseball show with, and want to thank him for just, you know, when he started this on this network, I was on another network, and we started working together, and that was all due, believe it or not. I, I know you think I'm buttering you up. So just, just tell – No. Just just so that you know is when I listened – I think before I got invited onto the show as a guest on, on Nikki X, I was listening to their podcast, and you were on it breaking down the NBA, and I was like, well, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's on here talking about the NBA like this? I said, huh? What in the world's going on? But that that was one of the things. Before we even get into the NBA, I want to talk with you about um, 
my wife has been asking me about yoga and you know yoga classes and meditation and and those type of topics and I'm like huh I'm like most guys I'm like <laughs> you know and she's just like I gotcha yeah yeah um because I remember a few years ago we went through the kickboxing stage and I was oh, like I okay all right all right so I want to open the floor and help the dads help the husbands uh, you know, that are kind of clueless. Well, at least I'll speak for myself. I'm clueless. I don't know about the other dads and husbands out there. But t- tell us all about that. Like, what what's the, the mindset and how do we approach something like that? Like, you know, break it down for us. Well, I, I can go ahead and tell you that you're not, you know, you're probably, you probably are speaking for many husbands, dads, and brothers out there because, um I've been teaching, you know, I've been practicing yoga now uh, for 11 years, and I've been teaching for three, and it's always the same. There's a woman in there. I mean, there are some guys that have, you know, have, particularly guys who've done karate and tai chi earlier in their lives, they they kind of make the association pretty easily as it, as it relates to yoga. But usually, especially I, I just taught my first class of the year at the gym, which is my, you know, which is where I can really gauge what's going on <laughs> at the start of the year. And there's all there's these women that always bring, I, you know, I want to use the word drag, um, but they drag their husbands and uh, boyfriends to class. And the guys are always pretty convinced that it's going to be just a lot of, you know, um, sort of feminine stretching, just kind of laying around and, um, oming and really easy stuff, but usually they leave pretty shocked at the amount of strength that is required um, to participate in yoga. So I, you know, I always say that um, yoga helps you build lean muscles. So it's not just about coming in and stretching out the muscle, but it's about helping you build lean muscle as well. The actual physical practice of yoga certainly there's the meditation and breath work. But most of us will make our way to a yoga class because we want to experience the physical part first. So guys out there, let me just tell you now, it's not just going to be you, you know, sitting down doing a forward fold over your legs for 30 minutes. It's going to be quite a bit of leg work and quite a few planks and quite a few. It's going to be a lot of workout for your arms and for your core as well. Um, and it is really something beneficial to guys, especially if they're doing a lot of strength training which builds muscle bulk, um, and then yoga gives you the opportunity to really get some elasticity to those muscles and stretch them out without losing a lot of what you build up in your regular hardcore strength training as well. So um, it's it's a great opportunity, and and the the amount of concentration that you experience on your yoga mat kind of sneaks up on you, and that is actually when it starts to make its way into a, a meditation practice because the amount of concentration, you have to really sort of leave everything in the outside world. Um, and even you have to leave your opinions of how great you are at stuff. I mean, your your yoga mat is a very humbling place because um, you'll get in class and someone next to you is balling themselves up in a pretzel and you'll be trying to figure out why in the heck you can't do it as well. And it's a very humbling thing um, to experience. So I advise all the men out there, you included, sir, to go ahead and give it a try and, and get outside, you know, get outside of your comfort zone. Um, but expect to, you know, expect a workout. Don't expect to, you know, expect to sweat 
That's the easiest way for me to say it. Expect to actually break a sweat. And there are certainly more rigorous forms of the practice. I teach a form where, you know, for 45 minutes straight we move. It's like a – I don't want to say it's like a dance, but it really is. You connect different poses um, to my awesome playlist that I build. But we move around for 45 minutes straight, and you build heat wow. and you build muscle. So expect to sweat for sure. Wow. Because, I, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> now, before you even get started, my rebuttal to that is okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of forty year old dads out there. You're talking to one of them, and I'm like, okay, that looks very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Um. I and I don't know if I mean is it something that are you noticing now that since it's the new year more people are doing it or more people are joining your class because, you know, New Year, everyone jumps into the gym and, you know, just starts off the year correctly. H- has it increased yeah. in your class? Yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, certainly. I mean, I teach, um, you know, I teach nine classes a week, so half of those classes wow. are at a gym and half of half of those classes are at what you would consider a traditional yoga studio, which that experience, um, you know, it's pretty steady all year. You get the, the you know, you kind of get the influx at the beginning of the year. But at a yoga studio, you've got people that are really interested in the practice. They're more familiar with it. They've read about it. They know someone that does it. It's pretty consistent there. At the gym, absolutely. I, my class on um, Sunday, and I fully anticipated this, but I was a little thrown off. You know, we get to my class on um, this past Sunday, sit down, I get ready to start the class, um, and we always start, you know, silently. Um, and it's silent. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this won't be. Maybe it'll be the next Sunday where people will just be rushing in here. And maybe about three or five, three to five minutes into the class, probably another 25 or 30 people came in. So I may have had 40 people on Sunday, which is a huge, huge class by any standard. I mean, it's a huge class. And there were a lot of people that had never done it before. So there's certainly um, – you know, there's there's the movement. Again, after you spend the, the end of your year assessing what you want to do differently, um, you know, there's definitely going to be at the top of the year, there's going to be these folks who say fitness is going to be an important part of what I do in 2015. The unfortunate part is, like you say, there's the rush to start it, and, and a lot of times people can't, um, you know, people can't follow through on that. And that's something I would, you know, I would encourage people to really, Write that goal down and, you know, but, but watch it, you know, on a week-by-week basis. Start to notice how you feel, whether you feel better, whether your muscles feel longer. And I will say to men that you do have an advantage. Of course, it's, it looks intimidating. Um, if you've seen any of the pictures I put up, you know, I I, I generally put up <laughs> pictures that are equal part, <laughs> equal part flexibility and strength. So one day you may see me balancing on my arms. The next day you may see me, you know, doing the splits. So I try to put up equal parts flexibility and strength. But I will say that men come in with a leg up because most men come to yoga stronger and women come more flexible. So while your wife probably will be doing a forward fold, when it's time to go and do a handstand or to do an upward plank or to do a push-up, you'll be able to do that. You'll probably have the edge on her. So it's all it all balances out in the wash. <laughs> And then we work our way towards each other, and we meet in the middle. 
Oh, okay. Because believe it or not, we started out really strong in 2014 at LA Fitness. Yeah, that's a plug to LA okay. Fitness. You guys, you guys yeah. need to throw something our way, LA Fitness. So um, yeah. we started off strong. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, I mean, a lot of people won't say this, <clears throat> Rise, but by mid-March, I was done. Yeah. I was done. I was done. She went, um, Pam went to about maybe uh, May, and okay. that was it. That that was it. And we were we were talking over the holiday, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to cancel this L.A. fitness stuff. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah, why don't we get an elliptical? And she was like, why don't we put it next to the Bowflex that is, you know, all the clothes that are hanging on. <laughs> Well, I mean, don't give yourself. It's a hard thing. Listen, scheduling time. If you, you know, if you're married and you're working and you have kids, this is a. It's a very right. difficult. And you have to cook and you have to grocery shop and you have to right. take the car in for breaks. This thing has to be right. scheduled. Um, and it's it's a very hard thing to add something new into our already packed schedules. So. You know, don't, you know, that's the thing about us as humans, you know, which is a very broad statement. That's the thing about us as humans. But uh, that's the thing about us as, as people. We, we, you know, we sort of, we make the goal and then we don't finish, we don't see it through. And then we feel so guilty about not seeing it through that it's hard for us to pick it back up. So, you know, the thing I would just encourage folks, it is that time of the year where you're very gung-ho and you feel like you've got, you know, a thousand extra hours to fit in this new cooking class you want to take as well as this new workout class, all of the stuff we want to do, um, you know, but be patient with yourself and understand that you're not a superhero um, and that if you want to do it, you have to schedule it. So even if you can only right. schedule one class a week, then start out with scheduling one class a week and saying this is the hour of this week that we're going to do it, and you can get it done. But just don't get so discouraged you forget about it altogether. That's the thing that kills you. I got one more question about this, and then I would like to move on to the NBA really quick. Is okay. what What about the folks that, let's say, watch it on TV or have a DVD or, or I mean, is that available, like, like you oh, know, absolutely. at the store. Oh, okay. So tell yeah, us a little yeah, bit about there's, that. There's um you know, there's a lot of opportunity to to, you know, walk into or you know, and now I just my husband was giving me a hard time the other night. He's like, you know, you've got to start making these videos. Um because there's a <laughs> we saw on demand there's a new um channel now that's dedicated to working out and yoga is a big part of it. There's an adult oh, okay. yoga workout as well as a kid's um, a very structured workout for children, and I mean like four or five. Like these are young babies that are um, that are doing it, and so it's available. You, it's definitely available through your cable partner. There'll be whatever on the Fitness Channel. Okay. I've seen a lot of options there. Also, it's available on DVD. Um, some of you know some of the biggest stars in yoga: Rodney Yee, Sean Corn, um, Shiva Ray. I mean, these are some of the people that have you know, came on the scene very early, maybe 20 years ago, and figured out a way to, to yeah, I don't want to say commercialize, but figured out a way to be the rock stars of the yoga industry. But they're very gifted teachers as well. I will say that for me, um, there was nothing like being in a class, though. I mean, and maybe it's just my attention span. Maybe I just can't do stuff at home, right, because I'm like, okay, is this over yet because i got to go check on that 
um, <laughs> check on that casserole right. I'm making. Right. Um, right. So it's harder for me to do stuff at home. It was very different. Even the instruction. If you get in a class with a you know a really gifted teacher that cares about teaching you how to do poses as well as um, making sure you protect yourself and you don't injure yourself, then there's nothing like that. And even so, you know, there's all this instruction that you get on the DVD, but when you hear it in an actual class and a teacher is there with you, it was just a completely different experience to me. But I would definitely say the DVD is a perfect way to introduce yourself to yoga and to the meditation and to the breath work, the entire science of it. Um, and figure out if it's the route you want to go, and then and then go to a class and see how it goes. Gotcha, gotcha. I want to thank you for that information for not for our moms, our dads, you know, all of the above, because um, fitness is needed, and any way that you can get it is going Absolutely. to hopefully extend your life that much longer. Um, I want to really quickly jump in. I know you and I are friends on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and I want to thank you for for it. And I did see one of those pictures where you were doing a yoga stretch, and I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it was like remarkable. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like. <laughs> but the, the one thing I want to ask you in regards to the NBA, and I know I talk a lot of smack on Twitter to you, about my Knicks, and I, I really can't say too much now. <laughs> oh, no, rough, but, year, rough year for you guys. But rough, just, you know what? Let me just say, rough. you are skating by. Like, and I finally heard, I think I heard in passing, Stephen A. Smith say it this morning, people are way, giving L.A. way much more of a hard time than they are giving yes. your Knicks, my, my friend. And the Knicks should yeah. really be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> I know. I know. Much more saving and, themselves than the Lakers, but that's a different. I know, I know you weren't going to ask me that, but I wanted to say that real quick. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's and it's only because of Phil Jackson. I think the reason they're skating, that is the okay. only reason. I think right now they're getting a pass, but trust me, the Knicks Nick Staple fans who like the boo will be out there, and that's including me. Will be out there. Um, for 2015-2016 because they got to get it together. But I I will tell you this. Um So Kobe Bryant, who we love, who we respect, who some people revere, made some comments about AAU. And I know you myself, Lee, Todd, and I think Murph and maybe a few others might have talked about this in the past. I know we talked about this because we, we talked about the state of basketball and how athletes that don't get it together, and then later on in their career, they become like, and I hate to put anyone out there, but they become like an Allen Iverson. And then yeah. they're, they're, they're yeah. kind of like stuck. But this, so this question is more based on what Kobe said, talking about AAU, talking about how training it differs with Europe and and here in America with us, where it's one is more team oriented orientated and one is just kind of like you know the iso mellow type ball where give me the ball yeah I'm gonna put on these moves and hopefully there's a scout out there that's ready to give me whatever or I can get a free ride to to yeah. to a school and nothing's wrong with that but I'm just saying. What are your thoughts, Roz, on Kobe's comments? And, A, do you agree or disagree? And 
Was there a better way to present it? Well, I mean, you know, there probably was a better way to present it, right? Because um, I think his comments at the time were born out of um, his frustration with the play at the end of the game where, um, you know, he needed Jeremy Lin to make a foul. And and for whatever reason, uh, Jeremy missed the opportunity early in the shot clock to get it done. So I think right at that moment, and, and it's hard to even know if he was talking about Jeremy Lin with the statement, whether there was, um, you know, whether he was actually throwing shade, I guess I could say, at Jeremy Lin. But I think it was born out of a very frustrating moment at the end of the game where they lost and he saw an opportunity to win. And wins are definitely th- something that they're lacking right now. Um there's probably a better way to say it, but I absolutely agree with him um, because this is the way I this is the way I think about AAU ball. The majority of it, I imagine that Joe Smith is a works a job, and he has a son who likes to play basketball. And Joe Smith's son, however, has a friend who's really gifted at basketball. I mean, really gifted. Um, and out of that the idea to have an AAU team is born. <laughs> and from that, and because Joe Smith's son is has a very gifted friend, this team is projected to do well, and many other gifted kids um, and their parents want to join this team and be a part of it, and this team does well, and now it's being watched by Nike and scouts and whatever. That's the way I actually see AAU happening organically in communities all over the U.S. And sometimes that's, sometimes that's a very awesome thing. The problem is, Joe Smith may not have ever actually been trained in basketball. <laughs> I mean, he may have it. The likelihood is that Joe Smith likes the sport, can dribble, can make a shot, can do a layup, can hit a free throw. Maybe he's good from three. Um, but actually teaching the fundamentals of a game is not, probably not his greatest strength, but he's just got these really gifted dribblers and shooters on his team. And you know, that doesn't happen all the time. I mean, certainly we have a we have Penny Hardaway has, like, the best um, AAU team going here in Memphis, and every kid in Memphis wants to be on the team. He's got, like, 100 kids um, broken up on three different teams. So that's not the case all the time with Joe Smith. Sometimes you got a Penny Hardaway. I guess my point is that, yes, there is – so when these kids get older and they end up going to college, these coaches end up at a different type of deficit than they, than they used to before. So – you get these kids that don't know anything about trapping a pick or hedging a pick or how to how to get the ball at the top of the key in a zone to make sure that you can move the offense through that zone defense effectively. So there are all these gaps in information that you see now that I don't think that we, you know, I, I guess you and I are around the same age, and when we were growing up we didn't see a lot of that. But you see it now in these kids that are playing ball. And it's really a disadvantage for the kid and for the coaches that picked them up in college who had so much stuff that they were taking for granted that this kid probably knows, but they they don't know because they haven't really had enough formal training because AAU dominated their um, early basketball life as opposed to, you know, their junior high coach and their high school coach making it happen for them. I I think the game is in trouble in that way. And you hear a lot of the old school guys talking about how there's just not a lot of basketball knowledge. Um, right. There's a lot of gifted athletes, but there's not a lot of basketball knowledge happening, even at the NBA level at this point. And it's, I'm sure it's very frustrating for a guy, for a guy like Kobe, who actually is 
very gifted athletically, but if he hadn't been such a cerebral player, he wouldn't be in his 19th year in the league. And I think that's, that's something true. that people need to respect and need to, you know, really take on his advice for that because 19 years in, there's, you know, we're not – Kobe, number eight Kobe is no longer with us. I mean, he doesn't – Right. <laughs> number 24 Kobe can't do anything, <clears throat> much of anything um, from an athletic standpoint, the dunking, the crazy moves. Um, that number eight used to give us, but he's still going strong and he's still one of the best doing it. It's because he understands the game of basketball. And you wonder how guys are going to, you know, I, I even think about that with LeBron James. How is it going to work out? He's such a such an, such an athletic player. He is a smart, and LeBron's a smart basketball player, but, you know, there are times when you could you used to be able to see gaps in his game when he first came into the league. So I, I think it's a good warning, a stern warning to people who really do care about ball as opposed to people who just want to razzle and dazzle, um, you know, and dribble their lights out and then hit a hit the game-winning three. There's so much more basketball that happens in between that. And I think some of these young players need to know that and respect it. Roz, I got to tell you, you know you have to come back because <laughs> we definitely have to sit down and talk and, you know, I mean – there's so much on my mind in regards to – here's a question I keep asking and no one wants to answer, and I'm going to go on an NBA show tomorrow night, and I'm going to pose the same question and say um, Carmelo and LeBron, both of them were bulked up last year. During the off season, they lost a bunch of weight, and now you're noticing knee problems, back problems. What's up? Now, I don't I don't want to say PEDs, but I just want to say, is it to the point where they log so many minutes? Is it to the point where, you know, their bodies are changing? Should they have not taken off the weight? It's the, you know, there's so many questions for someone that's as knowledgeable as you are, you know, that you can answer questions like that where I'm just sitting here like, what in the world's going on and how come no one's talking about this type of stuff? Well, and one big thing, and I will say this, and I know you're running out of time with me, but you, the reason that they did that is because of Kobe Bryant. You know, so, again, just just to understand how much of an impact, um, you know, how much we need to understand what we're seeing in the last days of Kobe. If you remember, right, right around this time in Kobe's career, it's when he decided he was going to drop the weight. Um right. Now, and and, it, and for him, it was to avoid injury. And I, I would imagine that that's the same reason behind um, LeBron's um, paleo diet that he did over the summer and right. Carmelo's weight loss. I'm just not really sure. Well, I've got some, some guesses about it, but we'll talk about that when I come back on. But it's not okay. it's not yielding the same results as it did for Kobe. But he's definitely the reason why they did it. Because you look at it, what he did at this point in his career, they're looking for the same longevity it was inspired by him, but it, it's not getting the same results. So we got to, yeah, we got to talk about that for sure we next time I come have to, Definitely have to talk about that. Don't worry, I'll be texting you tomorrow to try to get your books. I know you're high <laughs> in demand. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Listen, wish your husband the best, and I want to thank you for spending, you know, almost a half an hour with us, and we, we, you spent time with myself and 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 our listeners. So I want to definitely big him up and say thank you to him. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on with you um, and to share with your listeners. So I look forward to coming back again soon. Hey, Roz, um, really quick, 
where can um, our listeners find you? Oh, good. I'm glad, I forgot. <laughs> glad you asked me. <laughs> um, so I'm on Twitter at R underscore Trinity and I'm on Instagram at the same. And my sports blog is Lady Sings the Sports, like Lady Sings the Blues, but LadySingsTheSports.com. Uh, so check it out. I got a piece coming up pretty soon on why we should fall out of love with the idea of the big three. So be on the lookout for that. Oh, you! the minute you release that, you let me know in advance so we can get it. Uh, all of our Twitter goons that are out there that like to retweet about Late Night Parents and our show and all the things we do, you're definitely a friend of the room. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year, and we will be speaking with you very shortly. All right, thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye. And that was Miss Rosalind Ross, uh, extraordinaire from Bleacher Report, Yahoo Sports, <clears throat> all the above. And she was talking about yoga, meditation. And, of course, I had to talk with her about the NBA. Um, very shortly, we have Miss Antoine Staley from Pro Players and from Bleacher Report joining us to talk about the NFL, talk about the playoffs, and talk about the Fritz Pollard Alliance and the Rooney Rule and whether or not do we need to just toss this, toss this to the side? Because you got six openings out there right now for coaches, about three for general managers, and you have um, various owners and in, in, in um, football executives that are interviewing some coaches because of their, you know, because you have to fill that criteria to interview a minority candidate. So hopefully, um, I know we're having some phone issues with, with Antoine, but um, that's what we're going to talk about. So really quickly, we're going to talk about some resolutions and a, a few of them that um, Rosalind was talking about. Here's your top five resolutions. One, losing weight. Two, making health and wellness a priority. Three, exercising more, taking on a marathon or fitness goal. Four, eating healthier and learning more about nutrition. We've got some great blogs coming out on late night parents. So I'm going to see if I can call Antoine right now to see if we can get a, a good connection. So just hang with me for a second. Well, you know what? We'll go to a, a brief break, and we'll be right back in 25 seconds. How you doing? This is Ted Hicks at Late Night Parents. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Everything's I, I, know right. sometimes, I know blog talk sometimes um, eh, it can be a little troublesome, so I want to apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. But, um, hey, you're on live right now. 
I'm glad we were able to connect okay. with you. I want to say happy New Year, happy New Year brother. How's it? How are things? Everything's good. Like how, how's everything with you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So I guess we'll jump right into it real quick and just talk about. Give us. Um, so there's two questions. There's one question I want to ask you, and we can briefly talk about the playoffs. So I kind of want you to think. We have six head coach openings currently right now. Um, as this show is going on, I, I would say two or three general manager positions that are open. Um, African-American candidates are being interviewed for these positions. Mm-hmm. Is it just because, A, you know, to fulfill the necessities for the Rooney Rule, and, you know, just as myself being African-American, as if, you know, all of our fans didn't know, you always see my ugly mug, and my Twitter feed, but the thing I want to say to you is should we keep the Rooney rule? Is it time to, do we pull the Fritz Pollard Alliance to the side and say, Hey, this isn't working. I mean, what is it? What is your thoughts on that? And whether or not, not, is this process working? um, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I've heard it. They've said it's worked, but, you know, you you have to believe. I mean, you just have to believe, you know, Goodell and some of the other owners. Now, I will say it did help uh, Mike Tomlin get the Steelers job because he was interviewing for other jobs. and You know, he came across the Steelers and interviewed with them and eventually got the job. So um, I guess in some cases it does work. Me personally, like I said, I think you should be able to interview whoever you want to, whether they're black, white, you know, Hispanic or whatever. So. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, that's what I would do. But, you know, the NFL wants to have that Rooney rule because they feel like it's not a lot of black head coaches and, you know, professional football. So, But I think this year with Todd Bowles getting, you know, heavy consideration, you could definitely see him snag up one of the head coaching jobs that that are available. Right. I mean, Bowles is a hot – he's a hot commodity right now to a point where he's he's interviewing with, you know, probably all six teams. That, that personally want him. Um, so I kind of go back to the time when Seattle was interviewing for open positions. And, you know, I, I think the job itself was slated to go to Pete Carroll. And, you know, Leslie Frazier was kind of pulled in there at the last second. And, you know, things kind of got a little messy. So it's it's like – Antoine, from from my point of view, I I just think sometimes some of these rules, we just need to take a look at them every year or a couple of years or so and just to see if it's still valid. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, Yeah, that's fair. I think, you know, until maybe some some things may not always be working and, you know, you get to evaluate if it is working or not. I I just think, like, if you want to hire one particular guy, and they take the job, you should be able to hire him and not just bring in, you know, a certain guy just because he, you know, he's a certain color or race or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that. I, I do want to promote, you know, blacks and other minorities in head coaching positions and also GM positions. But at the end of the day, I think people are going to hire whoever they want to hire. Now, like I say, it's like I say, the rule is good and bad. But, again, you know, it's something, like I say, you could evaluate from year to year. I want to thank you for answering those questions. I know you and I talk from time to time on Twitter and on various yeah, topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so now that we got that out of the way, I want to talk with you real quick about your thoughts on so far in the NFL playoffs, this weekend's games that are that are coming up online. If you could give me your picks for this weekend, who's your picks and why? Uh, I guess I guess we'll start with the games in order. Um, I guess we'll start with the the four thirty five game, which is the Patriots and um, Ravens game in Foxborough. I think I, I think that's one of the best games of the weekend, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, obviously, they have history with one another as they played each other in the playoffs three times since two thousand nine. So that's going to be with the Ravens winning two of those actually. So it's actually in. And actually, two of them, all three of them, in Foxborough, and the Ravens have won um, two out of two out of the three. So, I mean, this this is um, as far as like on paper. I mean, on the field, I mean, the Ravens have a shot because they can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing, and obviously with Terrell Suggs and Elvis Dumaville, they can get pressure on Tom Brady and force some mistakes. And kind of what they did to Big Ben last week, they they have a legitimate shot. And obviously, Joe Flacco, I think, is still underrated despite the fact that. He's won a Super Bowl. I'm going to take New England as well. I think they're the more talented team. But I, it would not surprise me if the Ravens were to win. But I, I like New England because I think the difference is between these teams and the, this team and the ones in the past as well. Frankowski's healthy. And also you have a Darrell Reeves on the other side. So I, I'll take New England in that, that particular game, to be to be completely honest with you. Then you got Seattle-Carolina in an 8 o'clock game. I think – Carolina's banged up. They they're lucky to get. I won't say lucky, but you know they're fortunate to get to this point. But I think Seattle's with their defense and the way they played, and I think they're looking for another Super Bowl ring. I think they're just gonna. I won't say roll, but I think they'll conventionally beat Carolina. And then you got the one o'clock game, which is the um, Dallas and Green Bay game. Another intriguing game. It, it, yes. You know, you want to pick you. I want to pick Green Bay. I really do, and I think they probably will win. But Dallas has been road warriors and. And they won eight games. All of the, they won eight games on the road. This year. They have not lost, and Green Bay hasn't lost at home. So something right. I have to give. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Green Bay, especially if, if Dallas plays the way that they did, similar to last week. They can't start out slow because Aaron Rodgers is a surgeon and he's gonna pick you apart. And unlike last week with Detroit's offense kind of sputtered, you know, late in the second half, that that won't happen with, with Green Bay in all likelihood. So I like Green Bay in that one. And Denver, Denver, Indianapolis is very intriguing as well. I don't think Denver necessarily has been playing well, you know, coming down to the stretch in the NFL season. I, I, I want to, I really want to pick the Colts, but I really can't, you know, bring myself to do it. So, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the home. I'm gonna pick Denver in this case. But then again, like I say, you know, normally what happens, you usually have a road team or two win a game like this on the division weekend. It's usually a surprise. You can see the Colts going into um, Denver and beating the um, Broncos. But I'm going to pick Denver to win. Okay. Okay. I mean, those are pretty solid picks. Um, one question I want to ask you, if you can answer real quickly, is are you concerned about Peyton Manning's arm strength? Uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about just him in general. I mean, to me, ever since the Rams game, and I don't know how people may agree with me or disagree, uh, they'll do one or the other, but he hasn't looked like the same quarterback. I mean, he really got roughed around and bullied in that game, and then after that they played, they had to, ended up playing Miami and, and didn't look particularly well, and I would say the Cincinnati game on Monday night, he didn't look well. I just don't. I think they're more. They're, they want to run the ball a little bit more, and I think that's probably what they're going to do. They'll be able to do that against the Colts 
defense, which I think is not necessarily very good. But if if the Colts can somehow stop, I mean, just contain the running game and force Peyton to throw the ball, I don't know how cold. I don't know the weather, you know, conditions yet. I have to look that up. Depending on how the weather is, because Denver could be like hit or miss at times. But you know, I think they have a legitimate shot. Everybody, they can slow, they can stop the run, stop the run game. So I just don't think he's he he doesn't look the same to me. Like making he isn't making the same smart decisions as well. It's not just about the arm strength; it's just about his decision making as well. Antoine, we're running a little short on time. Tell our listener, tell our listeners the best way to get in contact with you. Uh, you find me at Black Red Sox Fan on Twitter, and I also find my work uh, through Twitter as well, on BlackRedSoxFan.com, and I write for a number of different places. So yeah, that's that's really the best place you can find me. Antoine, we want to thank you so much for joining us, and definitely in the next, I would say the next month, we're going to have you back because it's going to be, we're going to start talking about baseball, we're going to start talking about, you know, early predictions for MLB, and definitely want to stay close to you. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you. And that was Antoine Staley from Pro Players Report, from Bleacher Report, Black Red Sox fan. You can find him on Twitter. He's a great follower. Uh, We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to come back with um, Mr. Baseball Beer and Barbecue himself. None other than... CEO extraordinaire, the Yoda of the Happy Hour Network, Lee Val, right after this break. back we want to say once again happy new year to everyone we had two great guests on tonight Rosalind Ross Antoine Staley we talked NFL we talked Rooney Rule we talked Fritz Pollard Alliance we talked NBA we talked AAU we talked yoga and meditation but we're going to close the show with none other than Mr. Lee Val my friend my buddy and Lee, you're on live, and the mic is live. What's going on, brother? Uh, I didn't know this was live. Now I'm really nervous. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, and, and and you saying the Yoda part, it makes me I can't talk like Yoda, but now I feel like I should try to talk <laughs> like Yoda for this, bit, which I would never do. I would like to say, uh, Tuan actually, you said you're going to have him back on within a month. That's awesome. He actually is also going to be part of the. Happy Hour Network Super Bowl preview show that we're going to have on Super Bowl morning, February first. What? So, what? Yeah, yeah. You know, you breaking news, you, breaking, breaking uh, news, <laughs> breaking shows. Only Lee, Lee, you are the only one that can do this. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, hopefully you got the invite wow. as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Murph, Murph will be on there. Tomas Murphy, the Portuguese. Uh, uh, rendition. No, uh, Murph will be on there, and uh, Tuan, and you, and, and Todd, and myself, and 
Um, it'll be a good show because we'll have you and Twan and Murph on. And oh, the other. I, I'm, yeah. Well, if it's if it's Patriot Seahawks, it might be an ugly show, but we'll see how it goes. Oh my goodness! But yeah, that's gonna be great. Happy hour. We'll have a Super Bowl show, Super Bowl Sunday. We're breaking it right here. So catch it exclusively on the Happy Hour Network. Our radio partners, sorry about that one. This one's for Happy Hour. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Lee, let's get into it. My 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 faithful tag team partner in baseball beer and barbecue. The monthly show that soon will be going weekly as we get ramped up for the MLB season, MLB 15, will the Mets, will the Dodgers, will they do anything except spend our money and waste our time? <laughs> Lee, I mean, there was a Hall of Fame ballots. The, 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 the final candidates were announced. I'm not so happy because the pizza man, I mean, I'm happy because the pizza man will get in in 2016, but give me your thoughts on the Hall of Fame, the voting, the blog, the show. It's it's And the show is going to be this Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, so catch us there. That's catch also, us on Twitter. That's breaking news. That is breaking news. You just, breaking broke, news. The, you, you just broke the news. I yeah, gotta get uh, the um, I gotta get the sound bite, Lee. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Go ahead, Lee, take it from here. Well, how old are we? Because we both know that sound bite. That's I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. And you can find our our blog and Todd writes Todd Vandenberg writes for that as well. Now it's uh, baseballbeerbbq.wordpress.com. But I, I put up something yesterday. Everyone seems to be complaining about the fact that uh, there's a limit to 10 uh, as far as the ballot goes, that each voter, and there's, uh, you know, over 500 voters, less, slightly less than 600, but, um, you know, that, that you can only have 10 on the ballot. But the issue I have is the voters themselves, because um, even though you can have 10, you would think you would have a, a, a general grouping of maybe six to seven every year, but four is the most we get in ever. Uh, this is the first time since 1955 that this has happened. Um, so, yeah, the issue is that we're not voting in enough, and a lot of voters don't want to vote for people because it's their first time on the ballot, so they don't vote for them. I totally agree with you about Mike Piazza, though. Mike Piazza, um, you know, 69.6 uh, is what he made this year. He's moving up a little bit. He'll definitely – well, now that I've jinxed him, because I hope he goes in as a Dodger. I know you want him to go as in the Met, but he deserves to be <laughs> – either way, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, for the voters, if a guy is a Hall of Famer, you know, why wait? You know, if Piazza is a Hall of Famer, okay, so we're putting four in. Is there, There's no rule that we can have up to ten. And that's the issue I have, I guess, with people who, who are arguing against the ten, is that we don't even have ten. We don't even have five. Never have five. Uh, 1955, we had four. Um, before that, 19 was 36. Uh, we had we had more because that was the first year. But it's you know it's ridiculous. Two years ago, we had nobody get in. Last year, we had three. This year, we had four. It's the most we've had in a two-year period since 1954, 1955. People are just not voting in enough people, and and it comes down to the fact of you know if you're a hall of Fam- if Ted Hicks is a hall of famer, and I think he is. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Don't wait second or third year until, uh, well, the class 
we want to put these people in, you know. Okay, we've got the big three, so we'll add Biggio because he's moving up. He's going to be the fourth guy. We don't want to have a fifth guy. It's ridiculous because you know Piazza is going to get in next year, and it's just people waiting for him to be. It'll be Piazza and Griffey next year, and that will probably be the only two. Maybe Bagwell, but, you know, Piazza definitely number one in home runs, catching, uh, catching, hitting uh, all time, number one in slugging, four and fourth in RBI, the guy, and you know this because you're a Mets fan, deserves to be in. Mm -hmm. He does. He does. Hands down, deserves to be in. Got to ask you a question, and I really don't want to ask you to fully answer it, so give us a teaser answer because on Saturday we're going to delve into this. I mean, you have Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Joe Posnanski on um, NBCSports.com, they're writing that it's time to let in McGuire, the Socias, the Barry Bonds of the world, the steroid era. It's time to let those guys in. And I know we're going to go in depth on Saturday, but I want to just, if you wanted to give us uh, a 15, if it was possible to give us a 15-second answer, yes or no, is it time for those type of the, the, the tainted players to be elected and allowed into the Hall of Fame. Integrity is a big part of the voting rules, and, uh, you know, if you don't at least admit to it, and I think that's a big part of it, then no, they should not get in. Is that 15 seconds? That was like the 10 or 11, yeah, right? Yeah, so. nah, it was about, about 13.2 seconds, but no one's done. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sosa doesn't Lee. belong in at all, I'll say that. Sosa doesn't. It's okay. not whether he took PED. His numbers are just, yeah, he had a bunch of home runs. He doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, though. Right. And like I said, this the best thing about this is, and this is me kind of steering the car a little bit to the left, um, the best thing about this is you and I, and if there's a, several, you know, several of us that love the sport of Major League Baseball. We go to games. We go to various stadiums. And that's why I'm excited to do the show weekly, you know, starting February whatever, and because, you know, there's so many football shows that are out there. There's so many basketball shows that are out there. Um, you know, I mean, we, we, we have our friends um, handling um, soccer shows. But, you know, how many shows are dedicated to MLB that aren't already associated with the MLB network? You know, so I, I'm happy for our show. I'm happy for us and that we're going to have, you know, different people joining us from time to time, Lee. So I'm really excited about it. I'm excited that 2015 is here. I'm excited about the Happy Hour Network and some of the things that we're going to be doing this year. Yeah, and it's it's people who love baseball talking about baseball. You know, uh, we may not be, uh, at least I'm not the smartest guy in the, in the room, so I'm not going to be saying this guy's sabermetrics or this. You know, I'm just going to be talking about it from a passionate standpoint. And we do, baseball is my favorite sport, and I believe it's your favorite sport. And you're right, there's a lot of football, there's a lot of soccer shows, basketball shows, not enough baseball, and there's definitely, you know, with baseball season, obviously there's stuff to talk about every week because we have games every day. It's not like football right. once a week, you know. So we're definitely... We could do a daily show and it would be uh, it would be awesome. But yeah, weekly it feels like it's going to be too slow during the season. So yeah, definitely you know we'll kick off next month, middle of February, and we'll break it down. Uh, each show up until the season starts will be uh, 
division by division preview. So we'll definitely have to spend a lot of time on each division talking about changes and uh, and predictions on what's going to happen. You know what's even more what's what's great about it is it takes us both out of our comfort zones because I know you love to talk Mariners and you love to talk Dodgers and I love to talk Mets, but hey, we're gonna have to spend some time talking about the White Sox. We're gonna have to you know go from coast to coast. So I, I, I'm really excited about it. Um, check us this week, 10:30, um, Happy Hour Network. Check us on Twitter. Uh, I believe you will like the show. Um, <laughs> Lee, tell us the best way to get in contact with you because um, we're closely running out of time. Our um, corporate sponsors will only allow for an hour. <laughs> well, uh, Brush, Brushy Mountain State Prison. Is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> visiting hours are. No, uh, at Lee Vowell on Twitter. You can at Baseball Beer BBQ and at Happy Hour Net. I'm also on Facebook, but you can definitely tweet me at those places, tweet us at those places, even better. So, and it's you know it's always an honor to be on this show. It's uh, late night parents, it's a great show, and it's you always do a great job. And it's uh, I appreciate you asking me on anytime you want me. I'm here. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I really appreciate it. And as always, it's so good to work with you and work with the the, the new team. And just you know, like I said, there's just a level of excitement. Um, Big news about the football Super Bowl show. That That's really great. And um, we're going to say we're out. Um, really quick, I want to say, as I mentioned at the start of the show, with Stuart Scott passing, Brian Burwell passing, I had my friend, it was the second anniversary of my friend, Melvin Rhodes, hence, you know, with him passing. So we're going to close out with um, I reminisce over you. Folks, we love you. Thanks so much. And we'll see you on Saturday for the – Baseball Beer and Barbecue, and next Wednesday, 8 o'clock for Late Night Parents. Thanks again. Love you much. I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say, think back? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.